Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years, and anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, everybody, welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Um, here in Beverly Hills with the real Zuckerman, waiting for our guest, uh, Jonathan Ward. You know Jonathan Ward, Zuck? I do not know him personally. I know of his, uh, of his operation. Icon 4x4. He's the uh, FJ guy. Well, and he's branched out, right? Yeah, he's doing derelicts and all sorts of other things. Did he also have um, just an FJ restoration shop in the beginning? Were they TLC? I I can't answer that, but I think that there was an outgrowth of something more pedestrian than Icon. (laughs) An outgrowth. An outgrowth, like a a wart or a zit, a skin tag. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see. I have not. Uh, we're pushing hard to get John Cena to come in here. I don't know where that is at, but um, I think that's the next natural progression of our uh, lawsuit chat about John Cena versus Ford, because I have not been able to track down any confirmation, by the way, that, that Tom Cruise bought this car well, yet. If we have him here and we put him in the hot seat, can we get back Chuck Liddell to be our bodyguard? Because <laughs> I don't want this guy to to hurt either one of us. I've met John Cena. I went down to, to my kids, uh, went backstage at the wrestling, and, and we met John Cena. <laughs> he is, he seems like a busy actory guy more than a dangerous wrestler guy. Does that make sense? Okay. He doesn't, he didn't frighten me at all. He seems uh, fairly benign. He seems like a happy-go-lucky uh, guy. And, you know, also a car guy. You know he has a show on YouTube. He's got, like, this YouTube car show sure. that's... That's uh, like the wrestling version of a car show. Sure. And Frankenstein was happy-go-lucky when you played the violin <laughs> and when you stopped. You're just what afraid. See, so you're projecting your personality onto John okay. Cena, I How think. How tall are you? Um, 5'10". And, and how much do you weigh? Uh, about 155. Okay. And how tall is he? I don't know. He's big. <laughs> He's six, <laughs> 6'1 or 6'2". And 2'? 280. Okay. So all one muscle. with a flick. Of his little finger, <laughs> your little your little carcass would would fly across I'm the room. I'm not worried about it. People can answer questions without fighting. They're not like you. Yeah, you're a guy. I've seen a different world. You're a guy who fights. Anyway, uh, this morning I woke up to a text from our friend uh, Dean. You know, Dean likes to. Uh, oh, I've already erased it here, but I, I'm sure it's on Jalabing. But Dean likes to kind of set the hook with us. Dean is a car dealer, sells Porsches, also known as a human hunter. He human takes hunter scalps. Yep, and he um, will suddenly just in the morning, anytime there's any sort of Porsche news, he wants to sell a car. He'll text uh, myself, you, and Jerry at the same time. Right. And this morning, that was the new GT3 RS. Right, with 520 naturally. Tell me about. Did you horsepower. read the article? I haven't read it yet. I what, read what, it. what have we learned? We learned that it, that probably this is going to be the what I surmised because I only glanced at it. It's going to be the last naturally aspirated uh, GT3 RS, and they are going past the former benchmark of 500 horsepower, which is what the 997 GT3 RS 4.0 had. They're blasting past it by 20 horsepower. 
Right. So that's it. So you get 20 additional horsepower. Now, you had two of these cars. You only have one. Does this car interest you? There's so much new stuff suddenly happening with Porsche. Well, this is this is the the Porsche conundrum. Um, they have to they have to figure out what is the balance between satisfying their customers but keeping things exclusive. And I have lost interest in this car because I've gained interest in the R, in the GT3 Touring, and in the GT2 RS. What about the GT3 Speedster? Yeah. I mean, there's another one. I, I really do feel like I, the, the, there's I'm, so much of it, right? I'm being like, mugged. <laughs> They're mugging me. This, they call this the uh, first of all. You know, Jalopnik is running this story, but um, this idea that these pictures are released by mistake. The updated GT3 RS showed up on the internet due to an apparent fuck-up by Australia's drive. Right. Right. Yes, of course. It was a big mistake that these photos leaked all over the internet. 20 extra horsepower. I don't know, Zuckerman. What's 20 extra horsepower? It's 4%. Yeah. 4% more horsepower over 500 horsepower. Will you feel 4%? Uh, No. I, a little bit. The car will feel different. It'll be novelty for a little while. But I don't know. This is, you know, if you have a GT3 RS already, do you need to go out and get this new one? No. If you miss the opportunity to buy one, yeah. Have they burned us out? Uh, do you feel burned out today? A little bit. Yeah. 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 It's always the end of that 911 range where all the crazy stuff starts to come out. And this is a big burst of crazy coming out. And, you you know, as you and I both know, there's other uh, at least one other thing that no one's talking about. And no one's thought about. And no one's thought about. Yet somehow you and I have heard about it. I wonder if our uh, funny friend in New York knows about it. Did we tell him about that? We have. But we're going to see him on Saturday, and we'll have to play the. We'll play his game, which is to you know twenty questions, make you guess. <laughs> he, he likes to make you guess. You feel like you're in fifth grade. You want to punch him in the face. Just tell I invited me, Jerry. him to do another podcast, and he again just did not respond. I, I think he's a little jealous that you and I have this thing going on here and that he's in the freezing cold in New York and doesn't get to participate in it. I, I think it was obvious from his comment on your post yesterday. What was that? Oh, he posted. Oh, what do he, you mean? So yesterday he's I He's post- driving my car. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday I posted a funny video of you making a goofy face on the PCH. I, by the way, tried to make it look like it wasn't me shooting it uh, while I was driving because I always get in trouble for doing that. Except but- you were laughing. I heard your sinister laugh because <laughs> I-, I, I was, was going to do something really stupid and silly that just to, for your personal entertainment. Yes. And you showed the world. And I showed the world, right. And uh, I think we're up to 9,000 views this morning. I can't. (laughs) So Jerry commented on it, and what did he say? That was my car. That was my car. Right. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's weird. That's a little I think he's a little little insecure. Well, he should come. He's got to come back up. We're going to have to force him to come on this week because we have a ton to talk about. We have a ton to talk about. He also is going to make a major acquisition on Friday night at an auction. He is. He is. Well, Well, this will have already gone by, so this has already happened now. People are listening to this after that. But what auction is coming up Art this Friday? Art Curiel in Paris. Oh. And uh, I, I shouldn't say major. It's a, for him. For me, it would be major. For you, it would be major. For him, it's a, it's a middling. Um, <laughs> it's middling major. And it's a really neat acquisition that he's wow. going to make. And, of course, when most people Has he say, checked it out this time? Uh, he, okay. Has he actually done due diligence? 
Remember that he's got a he's got a, a pincer attack on one side is crazy <laughs> on the other side is loaded with money. It doesn't matter. Wow. He's going to get it. Wow! I can't wait to find out what this is. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Okay. It's... Well, you can't tell him. How do you know he wants this information out there? You may not. He may not want that out there. So you should. Be okay, careful. I won't say anything. All right, you tell me off the air. Let's bring Jonathan Ward in. Where is he? He's sitting out there. Come on, Jonathan. You could have walked right in. Oh, my God, he's dapper, just like his cars. No need to wait. Now I'm curious. I want to know what that car is. Yeah, we all wanted it. You're going to find out at the break. Yeah, Paul Zuckerman, how are you? Saying hello. He's coming in. He's sitting down. How are you? Good to see you again. You too. It's It's been a long time, right, since you came on Car Matchmaker? Uh-huh. A huge episode. People, you don't have to wear the headphones if you don't if you yeah, don't want to. Yeah, kind of silly feeling. Yeah, claustrophobic. Um he, you came on. We did an episode. What what did we drive? That Dodge. Yeah, the Dodge uh, Power Wagon Crew. Right. We built. Oh my yeah. gosh! And I drove that through Studio City. That was quite an experience. That's a fun truck. Um, it was a great show. Great episode Good. of television. Glad I liked, really I liked well. that guy, the wine merchant dude. Yeah, right? Matthew Kaner was <laughs> yeah, yeah, his yeah. name, yeah, and he was cool looking guy. for a truck. Um, and that's the truck that opened our episode. But um, I was really impressed by your shop when I went there. And okay. I'll tell you why. Here's the first thing that occurred to me. That this is a real shop. There are lots of guys building cars. You'll go to a lot of places, Zuck, that are... But here, you've got all of these cars waiting to be restored and turned into something. There was a, there was a schedule up on the wall, so you have a morning... Like, that place right? was... Right, like a shop with, with structure? A with thriving structure. business. <clears throat> um, you know, I was talking to Richard Rollins. He does this garage rehab show. I said, what's the number one thing you tell these garages? It's about, you know, how to make your uh, these mechanics and these garages around the country, make them more efficient and better. He said, the first thing I tell them is clean up the shop. Totally. <laughs> right? Yeah, my foreman. And you foreman. walk into this place, it's, co- it's so clean. And I'm a pig. But, but my how did foreman, you- we call him Arthur Stewart, is this uh, <laughs> like totally tatted up Harley roughhouse looking Mexican dude. And, he, and he's like a neat freak. And you have – how many cars do you have waiting outside the work area to be to be worked on? Probably like, 40 or 50 that are in line. But, yeah, I mean, since inception with the shop, my whole idea or one of the ideas was, like, to get the mom-and-pop resto shop out of the Stone Age. Because a lot of t- – I mean, just like anything, you know, if you're a creative dude, you suck at business. So I just owned that early on. That I'm the creative guy and I hate spreadsheets and they make my brain hurt. Right. But I built a crew, like a master alliance of people with different skill sets so that we could find efficiencies, increase the quality and to allow the quantity that a ridiculous shop now. I mean, we're still pathetically low volume. Can you get out a car on schedule. That's my biggest pet peeve <laughs> in a restoration. Uh, yeah, the short answer is yes, but the long answer is it takes forever. So there are quicker shops, yeah. there are cheaper shops. You know, the waiting period until we get started can be fairly obtuse. Right. But we're doing engineering and CAD development and emulation before we even start on it. You know what I mean? So like right. once we actually get rolling on it, we 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 understand the path and where we're going. But if it's a one-off, we build it right. once digitally, we build it once in raw metal, and then we build it a third time. So not quick. That's my – you see, my pet peeve in restoration is, is that the shops want to underestimate the time because they know that that's what you want to hear going in. 
I, I, or they think that's what you want to hear yeah. going in. Is oh, we'll have it done in six months. I actually want to hear if it's going to be two years because they they tend to say one year, and then when the one year mark hits, you call up the guy and you say, "Where's my car?" And he goes, it's t- "I didn't know it was going to take this long." And I say, "You've been doing this for sixty years. If now, you don't know, who knows?" I'll give you an honest answer, but also with like a standard caveat of this is a one-off. Right. This is an adventure. There are going to be discoveries and unknowns. It's the nature of the beast. But I agree with you. And, and I hate to say it, but our industry is kind of a poo fest as far as like the accountability, the quality, the over-promising, under-delivering. Oh, my favorite and, and I'm ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. I really am. So, you know, again, I started as that customer and then kind of got pissy about both what I was getting and the sort of ruts or standard classes of builds that people were doing. So I just followed my dream and opened the shop. I mean, I didn't know anything, but I knew I knew what I wanted it to be. And I learned and studied and read and YouTubed and hired until I had that equation. I mean, in every day, it's a challenge. And where are we at now? Like, what is the shop building and restoring? So so pitch us on, on what you do. What the For the people who don't doing? know, we, I know what you do. But there so, are lots of Porsche guys listening who may not know yeah, about yeah. your shop. And for me, I think my entry point was the the FJ Cruisers, right? And did you start TLC? Did you work there back in the day? Or? Yeah. So my wife and I started TLC back in 96, which mm-hmm. was all about Sales service parts restoration for Land Cruisers. Right. That was it. TLC, Toyota yeah. Land Cruiser. There you go. You know, it's amazing how Tender, few people figure that one out. Care. <laughs> TLC 4X4 <laughs> is that brand. And it's still around and doing great. And then I kind of got a little bit bored because with TLC, I'd kind of put low ceiling and very, you know, close walls on what the brand was defined for. Mm-hmm. But as a massive geek for design and engineering. After I did the prototype vehicles for what became the FJ Cruiser for Toyota, I found myself like in bed late at night crafting like a 3D rotatable model. I could literally see until it was like, okay, either I I have to create that or die. Like it was killing me. And that was the birth of Icon. So the idea of Icon is vintage transportation design revisited in a modern context. Like if you had to like nail it down. So I noticed like with TLC, people were, you know, they were attached to that vintage aesthetic and and all the Mm -hmm. history and memories and romance or whatever of that. But they less and less had any attachment to the archaic mechanical. So I realized, you know, old Land Cruiser guys would throw V8s in them, whatever. I mean, it's been done since the 60s. But people are still doing it the way they were done in the 60s, like cast iron, you know, Bored out, carburetor. I hate carburetors. And, you know, still did like the three-speed tranny and transfer, which kept blowing up. So I was like, well, you know, what would be the modern take on that? And if we just respected the silhouette and the shape of it and just scratch engineered the whole thing in chorus, we could elevate it. Same with like, I hate plastic. So like all the fit and finish and machining and stuff. So (laughs) the FJ put us on the map. We do the FJ in four different body styles. And then we do the Bronco-based design. We call the Icon BR. Mm -hmm. Then we do the TR based on the 47 to 53 Chevy pickup. And those are our, using the term lightly, production models. Then we do these crazy one-offs, which are derelicts or reformers. You experienced a reformer, which mm-hmm. is concourse pretty, pretty, hiding all the engineering for the most part. And the derelicts, which are kind of my personal favorite, look literally like we dragged them out of a barn. And then we work very hard to hide that we did 
anything. No, so keep the, the patina and the funk. Are the derelicts are those coming from customers or do those come from you? Like, do you find an old husk of a body and then go, "I'm going to do this," <laughs> and then start calling folks and going, "Hey, Zuckerman, <laughs> write, write me a check. We're going to do this project together." How does it start? I don't think any. Yeah, one derelict. We have a 48 Rolls James Young convertible. That's the first one that the client actually hadn't sent to us. Otherwise, generally, people will come to us like with a concept, you know, with a car that they, they have some deep attachment to. Like, you know, my dad had a 50 Roadmaster and he was always on the road. And when he'd come back, he'd open that big old trunk and he'd bring us kids, you know, gifts from the road. I want that. And it has to be that color. Or I bully him into the stuff I want that I haven't had the money to build personally. Right, right. <laughs> when, when I was there, you were working on an Aston Martin, I yeah. thought. What, what, tell us about that car. That was a and there was a Ferrari there too, right? Yeah. A 330. Yeah, uh, 250 GTE. We're, we're okay. getting started on that. Um, <laughs> wow. So the well, Aston's- That was some crazy stuff. <laughs> no, what, a, what a palette. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought it was, yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was FJs. The longer we do these derelicts, the diversity of cars that are coming to us so the, is just absurd. The Ferrari 250, are you sticking with the Ferrari engine? What's happening with that? Oh, boy. Contentious debate. You just oh, uh, yeah, yeah, That's why I'm waiting into okay, it. I so want to know. Conventionally, right? Mm -hmm. You put a Ferrari in a Ferrari and you do nothing else. Mm -hmm. And like everyone loves the sound of a Colombo. It's like a no-brainer. But if we back up for a second, like what's Icon all about? Drivability, serviceability, refinement, and longevity. So is putting an engine in that vehicle that's pain in the ass and unreliable and you have to disassemble, what, every 10,000 miles if you're lucky, is that the right way to go? I argue no, sir. But <laughs> the, the client who commissioned it, we had, we had two different forks in the road. First right. one was powertrain. So I'm like, look. Marinello 550 is probably <clears throat> the best solution for a contemporary 12, which we can run with a Motec, and it makes all the lovely sounds. Now, personally, I owned one of those, and I'm very lucky that I got it in and out of my system, checked the box, and still made a profit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pain in my ass. Every time I took that car out, uh -huh. it was something else. Right. And you know, like Eric in the Valley and all the Ferrari geeks, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, man, they're the best. They're like they're like the Camry of Ferraris. They're so reliable, <laughs> you're going to love it. Yep. And, every, and about like my fifth <laughs> flatbed trip home with a pissed-off wife, I called up Eric. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? He's like, oh, well, I said – Camry of Ferraris. So, you know, it's like trying to defend it in context. But anyway, so yeah, that was the debate with the client. I said, look, you know, we can put a modern 12 in it and, you know, here are your concerns and, you know, serviceability and all that stuff. Or we could do something like an LS3 E-Rod, which I can redress and repackage to make it have design synergy, meaning get rid of all the damn plastic, mm -hmm. you know, one-off valve covers, take an early oval track, um, you know, black wrinkle valve cover, customize it, you know, and, and give it the aesthetic so it's in flow and then work with Borla to shrill up the exhaust and do uh -huh. some engineering for exhaust tone. And he went for the LS. Then the fun one was, okay, body-wise, cool car. They're beautiful. Of all the mm -hmm. four-seater Ferraris, to me, they're way prettier than the Queen Mary and all the others. So I'm like, you know, we can leave that alone. Or you can elect to go into this ridiculously expensive cul-de-sac of fun. And here's some <laughs> renderings of what if we restyled it, pulling elements from all the different Ferraris of that era that I personally dig. So like the side vent on them are like a joke. They look like they'd be on a Lamborghini tractor mm -hmm. back in the day because they were an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Peanut had nothing to do with it. 
You know, when it got back to Ferrari and they were overheating like hell, they're like, hello, what do we do? So they holes. put in those ugly. <laughs> that was the first, I believe, you would know better than me. I think that's the first Ferrari with what became the signature side vent. Mm-hmm. But certainly the crudest. Mm-hmm. Up. So I'm like, you know, and then the hoods on the 330 America are super sexy. And, you know, we could do this. And so the client, we're doing like a ridiculous amount of body mods with the end wow. goal being if you're not a major Ferrari geek. You go, oh my God, that's like the most beautiful vintage drivers. What model is that? I've never seen one of those. But meanwhile, we're doing like a low light modification to the nose. You know, we're Frenching in the turn sigs and on and on. Chuck Barris over here. Chuck Barris. I don't, we gotta, we I don't work in paper mache, my friend. <laughs> I understand, but we're going to change the C and icon to a K. Should right, we just for forgive him and roll forward and <laughs> call that a compliment? <laughs> right, uh, no, but I'm just hearing some real major blow. I'm being blown away by where you're going with what I thought was just modernizing FJ. Yeah, so I'm, no, I'm just hearing I'm just hearing money. Like so you you end up with this <laughs> Ferrari now that's that that you're paying probably what, a half a million dollars? What are we talking well, about I mean, here? Here's the thing. And well, what is it what is it actually says, well, worth? Uh, yeah. It's the what was that what was that crazy uh, Punjabi? What was that thing you drove in the in the show that was out in the valley, the one off <laughs> No, the UAB and Puma. <laughs> the Puma. <laughs> the Punjabi. Oh no, you drove nothing the Puma. Like what he does. Man, what are you the, talking please. About? That's like I'm out of here if you if you're going. <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> when I saw that thing, I was completely blown away. Like you know BMW on April 1st yes. always did their April Fools release. Right. Like if you told me the Punjabi was the Punjabi. was the the UAB and Puma. If if that was their a poor fool's joke, I would have said it was their best one ever. It was a skin specialist who is named UAB. <laughs> I yeah, met I him. met him. He's a kind guy, very nice guy with a dream, following his dream. That's he he had this that. dream ever since he was a child, more of a nightmare than a dream <laughs> to design a car. And he took the elements. He's he's you without any real design he, the talent. The Fitzcarraldo of the no, car but it's, it's a huge difference. Right. Like at the two I different understand. ends I'm of the joking. spectrum, you have Jonathan Ward, and then you have Mister UAB. And he knows how to do it and blend the elements. But it, how look, to take it, your question is right is, and make the sprinkles cupcake. And that yeah. and this guy was just like, I'm gonna. You know what I like? I like steak. I like caramel. I like. You know, I'm just gonna <laughs> put it in a blender and then freeze it. And, Here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, that says something amazing about him. our culture and the land of our opportunities. Mm-hmm. That he can do that. Yeah. And I can do this. Yes. And like Henry Ford said, there is an ass for every seat mm-hmm. and bless everyone for building whatever the hell they're doing professionally or in their garage. It's creative expression and the fact that you can just do it, killer. There's no ass for the UAB and Puma. He was wrong uh, about that. Right. <laughs> well, his ass, right? But, uh, so but you when go. you do meet him, he's a sweetheart of a yeah, guy I with a dream and yeah. he accomplished something. He's and passionate and that's everything. just everyone hated Almost it. everything. <laughs> no, in fact, today, the, uh, today we kick off. We've done all the renders and all that. And today we're doing the full 360 uh, Feral laser scan of that uh-huh. uh, Ferrari to get it into wow. CAD so we can build it up. Now, are you, are you sitting there with a pen and pencil and paper and doing these drawings yourself, or do you have a design team who does it, or how, do, how does that work? Because so I'm, I'm the idiot with the idea and somewhat skilled in sketching and CAD, but not nearly good enough to make me look like I know what the hell I'm doing. So right, right. my sketches will be internal reference. My CAD will be handed off to my engineers. And then I don't know if you know Eric Black, E-Black Design. I don't. Mm-hmm. Absolute rock star designer of rendering for me. I'm like his one client that he's like, uh, I don't do renders. I do design work. I'm like, okay, well, I dig your stuff, but I'm kind of that ass who's going to come to you with like a thousand and one 
perspectives and opinions that need to go on the car and you right, just need right. to make me look sexy. So, mm-hmm. and we become dear friends. He's, I think the best. Uh, he's actually an architect hot rodder wow. who hated architecture and followed his passions. Again, yeah, right, yeah. I guess that's our What's theme. your background into this whole thing? I'm curious. I don't mean to usurp no, go ahead. your no, it's, I'm it's, just it's curious. It's a good, fun story. I am totally not qualified to do what I do. I have <laughs> zero. <laughs> Let's start Welcome there. to the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> None of us yes. are. I have no degrees, nothing whatsoever. Uh, night school, extensive reader, researcher. Um, I just am driven and always have been driven by design. So I'm that uh, geek who when I'm traveling or, you know, anywhere, anything, like even the buttons on the elevator, you know, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. You know, and I'll research it. And I used to be super sensitive to not having the degree. But as I've developed relationships with the design colleges and especially Art Center in Pasadena, I'm actually now like super protective and happy about that because it defines a unique perspective, which perhaps makes my voice unique in the market because I don't know any better. <laughs> right, right. And now Absolutely. I'm like happy. You're not, not to chained know any by better. a formal education. Yeah, totally. What were and you thinking about? That like puts blinders on people. What were you thinking about growing up? What did you want to design, do? Design, design, design. But so I didn't really. even know. I wouldn't grow up in an environment where that was even. I didn't know Raymond Lowy was. I didn't know this where'd was you, a where'd career. Where'd you grow up? Maryland and then New York City. And it was our move to New York City when I was eight that opened my eye. I was in rural Maryland on a farm. Right. Straight to New York City. Wow. And then I was like, holy – like the sense of design from light poles to architecture (laughs) to store windows. And I lived in Hell's Kitchen. And then that just just blew it up. And what would your dad do? My dad's an attorney and I'm a failure. I was supposed to be an attorney. There you go. Some failure you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but no and I'm one... an attorney, and I'm jealous of what I'm hearing from you, right? <laughs> so is my dad. That's right. the irony now. Right. Yeah. And I wonder where that love of design came from. I have absolutely no clue, but I'm kind of OCD on details, uh-huh. as you've seen at the shop in, in my yeah. builds. And for me, like, I've done – like, my fingers are all nasty because I woke up early and I was doing my, my current obsession hobby art craft, which is fine leather crafting, but I've done like pre-Raphaelite painting and sculpting and leather craft and woodwork. And interestingly to me, automotive was such an interesting extroverted platform with which I could communicate my different personal skills and passions and, and craft. So that's how it really started. And when I was 15, well, I came to California when I was 15 and then I overheard from a new friend that you get a driver's license. At 15 and a half, I'm like, shit, I'm never leaving this place. Yeah. So I stayed here. I bought an old 55 Ford XG Man car. So bulletproof awesome. windows, <laughs> none of which rolled down. It was a complete disaster. But I started tinkering and taking apart and restoring. Like the first 15, 20 cars I did, I was like, it must be stock, down to the imperfections of originality. Right. And then one day I was like, but why? Like, why would we – there's more uh, – there's better approaches. There's more reliable solutions. You can take uh, both manufacturing technique, reverse engineering, you know, resources and aesthetic and design choices. As a designer, then your big challenge is to make them all flow cohesively in that platform. But I've always, like, dabbled into, like, aerospace and marine and rail car and architecture and then just started mixing it up and pissing off the purist. And I never stopped. It's fun to piss off the purist, I've realized. Absolutely. Disruption. Yes. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Jonathan Ward after this. 
If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with the terms MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your True Price car is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Hey, podcast listener, this is Rob Sesternino. I'm the Rob, and Rob has a podcast, and the new season of Survivor is just getting started, and we've got new episodes for you five days a week. Join us for interviews with your favorite past Survivor players and this season's losers right after they get their torch snuffed. Listen free to Rob Has a Podcast, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. And if you like the show, why not share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Welcome back to Spike's Car Radio. We're here with Jonathan Ward for Icon 4x4. You know, it's funny when we uh, take these breaks. They're like fake breaks, and then we put a little uh, sponsorship commercial in there. That's where we the show... We never stop talking. Right. Yeah, that's where the show really... It, it really starts. So what, Zuckerman? You're all excited. You well, find- I, I just I just said to him, so what did you, how did you get your... So you went into... You bought the G-Man car, and then you just went into restoration, and then it went from there. That's what I asked him, and he said, not quite. So basically, at that time, I had a completely different career in entertainment. Yes. And it was going great. But then I had a stalker who was trying to kill me that at first was worth exactly a laugh and then turned into having to carry concealed, not go to my house. It was a complete disaster. You, so wait, what you, you said were, you on, were a successful child actor. Would we know? What? Actually, the rest of that at, sentence at, at is, what, but at, I didn't want to talk about it online. Oh, but I'm we're sorry. here. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't I hear. I should know better. You know, yeah. Scorpion by the river. We can take it's a good storyline. No, but when, uh, you, when you so were a child or you were a teenager? All the way through. All the so way. I moved to New York because I was doing Peter Pan on Broadway. Oh, wow. wow. And then I did uh, The Little Prince and Macbeth and had a great New York Broadway career I've experience. I've seen you. And, and then over the years, uh, CBS moved me to California to do a series. And it was a great experience. <clears throat> I got to travel the world. I was never really a kid's kid. Right. So it was really cool that – if I dedicated myself and, and paid attention and, and had the passion and skill, I was part of a community, a family mm-hmm. on set mm-hmm. or on stage. And I loved that because I was kind of bored being a kid. And like, I didn't even <laughs> like other kids. They were really boring. <laughs> I loved older people. And, Who does um, that sound like, Suckerman? <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was killer. It sounds like us, yeah. right? It was I... killer. But then it got to the point that uh, I realized uh, – that whole scene, the celebrity scene, I was like teeny bopper magazine known, but not remotely famous. Mm-hmm. And the crap I was having to deal with. And then looking at friends who were truly famous and what their lifestyle turned into, what they had to do. Right. And I was like, yeah. So I bailed. My yeah. wife was in music management. We were on vacation in Africa. And we like literally with no SWOT analysis, no intelligence, no forethought, we're like, screw it. Plan Can we Z. get home? Let's quit. 
<laughs> Let's reinvent ourselves. And you know Grant Woods, Cars with Class? <clears throat> yeah. I don't. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, his Grant's a good guy. So he was in Van Nuys, and he wanted to get the hell out of the valley. But he had this long lease, and it had all the permits and zoning, everything that wow. was cool. So I just dumbly went up to Grant, and, dude, I'll take over. That was know? a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. talking that was in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. So that then it's just kind of organically grown. It's been running on the treadmill ever since. Wow. And uh, it's killer. I love How it. How many cars do you have for sale or trucks uh, at any given time? Like, do we go to your inventory and find 10 things on there? Or zero. It's, there's zero, zero, right? I have no yeah. inventory. I mean, you know, I, I, see, I see Joel McHale driving yeah, around yeah, in one yeah, of your Joel. creations. Yeah, he's such a good guy. <laughs> so it's it's really just, you know, somebody who wants something different. Like, you, you know, with a, a few of the trucks that I saw were just, they're so bespoke. They were just every detail was put together by, but they were also really expensive, right? They were no, like no, it's asinine. Well, I mean, what is, some of them were like half a million dollars or more. Yeah, I mean yeah. the the cost to do what I do the way I want to do it, I literally am, am embarrassed of. So how do these trucks get used? Like, but I'm a I, maniac in that I don't want to compromise on the vision of why. Right. Ten years in, I am in twenty years with TLC. Why I'm still passionate and committed to doing it is that I I look at the automotive industry and frankly, I think just about every brand's a whore. You know, you go back to Atori Bagate, yeah, his cars were expensive, but why? Because he held the line of the quality and the content and mm-hmm. the story and, and that costs us significant short term opportunities for collab or merch or whatever. But I, I want the brand to mean something when I'm long gone and I'm already super impressed how many people know the brand without – I mean we don't advertise or anything. <laughs> right. And then if they know it, they generally know what it stands for or they go, oh, those pricks, that's so expensive. I can build it for 20 grand. No. But whatever. You see them on the road driving around LA and mm-hmm. they stand out I and you tend to chase them. One. Oh, I see them all really? the time. Yeah, You can't miss them. Is like, there ever, are there some on the market right now? They occasionally um, write. They come back to you. Yeah, the yeah. Guys I generally who just, resell them. He'll, the, right. He can resell them. Yeah, but, and the guys will like have me build their order another model and then right. sell that one. Or we just had a dude who gave up. He moved to New York City, Lower West Side for business, and he's like, "Dude, what, what am I going to do with this here in the city?" So <laughs> the, the retention's really cool. And what you know, something I never expected. Like over thirty percent of our clients have two or more of them. Wow, which is really really cool. yeah. And what is the ideal usage for you? Do you like to see your trucks? Beat it. Beat Beat it. it, Slam it. Slide it. (laughs) When I get them back like a year or two later and and an owner has put like 1,500 miles on it, I'm kind of bummed. Yeah. I mean, it's good for us because then, you know, we can sign it and resell it and, uh, you know, we may make more business sense on the resale than actually crafting it. But no, I'm kind of bummed. I like want people to speed on. There's nothing that they can do to that truck that you can't fix, right? Or anyone can. And, and this yeah, is a perfect cause... little segue because this is going to go into watches. I know you're a watch guy too. But I bought a Daytona from uh, Wanna Buy a Watch years ago. And on the way out the door, the guy said, "Don't. I want you to wear this and I want you to beat on it. And don't worry about any part is of it. Is that the one you still have today? It's still the one I yeah, still yeah. have today. But it, it was such a liberating thing to hear that because it was such a precious little thing at the time. He said, I've got everything. I've got the crystals. I've got the bracelets. Just wear it every day. Wear it in the bathtub. Do whatever you want. And then, well, look, that's what we're here to do. And that's what right? we're here to do, here to right? enjoy stuff. What's the point of blowing money on things and putting them away and not enjoying it. It's like when you get these monster car collections that you and I get exposed to all yeah. the time. It's like, yeah, they're pretty, 
But the whole point was they're highly functioning sculptures. Mm -hmm. So you should be enjoying that that auditory sensation, that dynamic man-machine connection. Mm -hmm. Like, get out there. Like, whoop on it. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you saving it for? Right? <laughs> the next guy? None of us are getting out of here alive. <laughs> so might as well. <clears throat> Zuckerman, know. he's only got two good summers left. And then exactly. he's off the planet. Even, you realize that I bought a, one of my partners who grew up in Iowa, and he's a little younger than me. His dream car was a Smokey and a Bandit Trans Am. And I wow. said, I'll find you one. And I went online, and I found one with 65 miles. Wow. 65? 65. The kid wow. who bought it at 18 <clears throat> thought that this was the greatest car in the world, he never even let the dealers prep it, never <laughs> let them drill through mm -hmm. the plastic bumper. Oh, my God. It is shining brand new. I forgot those cars had a shine to them. When they were, when they <laughs> Who were, has this car? Where, it's where a, is it? It said RK Classic Cars. <laughs> RK insane, again? Yes, You're insane. so addicted to RK Classics. I understand, but he wanted this car, <laughs> and when I showed it to him, he went crazy, and he's such he's such a great guy. Did you I, buy it? Yeah, we bought it. And when? It's, it's yesterday, the day before, sometime <laughs> recently. This is nonstop. I said, so what's next? Like the next generation's <laughs> version of that car that you see bought with no miles, the Grand Nationals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. And he said, what Those do I do? I said, I said, some guy saved it for you. Some poor guy never got pleasure out of this thing, and you're going to use it as it was meant to be Black used. and gold. Of course, with the, yes, with the gold. Oh, uh, yeah. The gold and package. the faux damask dash. Oh, oh wow. yes, yeah. yes. The, the, the machine turned. <laughs> plastic dash <laughs> and guess what <clears throat> valor yes so yeah. hot. okay yeah. what did what can what do you want to guess don't tell us what what do you think that car cost rk classics they're up about maybe 20 percent above market my opinion what's your data now 65 i'm gonna say that that was eighty five thousand. i'm gonna say 110 because it's irreplaceable and zuckerman remember zuckerman can get a deal go ahead what's the number Okay, the number is very close to what this gentleman just said. Oh. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> well, and maybe a Jonathan, little bit more. For those on the radio, he pointed to me. <laughs> yes. But he said <laughs> more. More. Really? A little more. A little more. But there is. Again. Was it autographed by Burt Reynolds? It, it should have been. Oh. Or was it Sally Field? Has somebody been driving this thing? Do you have no, to do I everything to 65 it? 65 miles. I know, but was it stored properly? Was it the was gas stored the properly, but we, we are doing. Imagine this. And you know this. The tires are original Uniroyal. Oh, no. They're, they're, they've got the hardness of golf balls and, <laughs> and the durability of your kid's water balloon. And uh, and so I said to him, look. You, what are you going to do? Well, you have to change the belts, the hoses, oh, the brake lines, the tires, and you oh, have to make no, it. Oh, no. You are so upside down right no, now. Okay. You but who what? cares? Again, who, let's go who back cares? to. Right. Who cares? Screw it. Right. It's a, it's the, it's the, a the, garden sculpture. The, uh, no, no, come on. The the headspace that puts you and more importantly your buddy into. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm I mean, joking. I don't sound like a salesman, you, but it's priceless. It's Are priceless. You, yeah. I said, I said we're going to get a bunch of RK t shirts <laughs> with the sleeves removed, and I'm going to get a, a you fake shred the belly. Yeah, part. and I'm going to get a fake Put fringe on, on the back of my hair. <laughs> Very. So you are, are going to drive it. You will drive it, Zuckerman. I will see I will you in this. I him drive it. It's his car, and he's going to love it. It's got you know 6.6 .6 liter engine, three-speed turbo hydromatic. So here's the <laughs> thing, though, right? right? So Zuckerman is my client. Right. After he drives it for 20 or 30 miles and says, yep. 
whoa, this is not my mind's eye vision of what this experience was going to be. This doesn't move like it did in the movies. Right. This sucks. It's archaic. Right. And you'll send it to me and then we'll really. Yeah. And let, and let me tell you something. That would be great. Is, and I had a 79 Formula Firebird and I said to my partner, Nick, I said, remember, I said, even in my mind, I know my memory tells me that this thing is drove better than it actually did. And, and I don't and I know <laughs> and I know that it I said this is a primitive thing. These cars are primitive. They, and they are, aren't what they? What would you do to that, Jonathan? Well, first of all, I'd advise my client against using that car and I'd say let's find one <laughs> that's original right. paint and complete but tired. Mm-hmm. So I'd bring it in, I'd liberate the shell, we'd scan it. We'd figure out the best equation. Personally, I'd probably do four-wheel independent underneath, uh, hydro-boosted Brembo's, Dana 60 nodular in the rear. Art Morris and I would would partnership on the chassis development. I'd do BMW 16.8 to 1 rack and pinion. So it's it's tight Mm, but not twitchy. Tasty. And then I'd probably do – you know, I used to be more conservative with power. And now, like, my clients push me deeper and deeper. And now, like, I love the CTSV LS9. That's good fun. Jesus. And then a six hundred horsepower. Sure, why not? And then a six-speed. Well, yeah, but see, now you have the brakes and the handling and everything to support it. Then I do things like I take that dash and I'd actually do proper stainless machine turn. Mm-hmm. I take all the knobs and scan them and redo them in proper metals and or you know and you I'd sexy it up. I okay. I keep the the funk that the original car had. Funk. But I I'd, I'd increase the tactile of everything you interface yeah. with. And then make it just drive like crazy. And it would, even all that it's almost what thirty eight, thirty nine hundred pounds of real steel. What are you going to do it with? Won't matter. I can put an LS nine in it. And right. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think heavier cars are underrated. In that, if if you get your weight distribution and suspension and power relative mm-hmm. to the weight, I actually prefer the sensation of a heavier car in certain scenarios. Like you mm-hmm. want to talk, you know, like. Whatever, like a light and sprite and twitchy car is is one space, but like daily, I'd actually prefer a uh, heavily brake and horsepower equipped heavier car. Mm-hmm. Just like so we could, yeah, take, I could give sense. you something like a '64 Galaxy, which is twenty some odd feet long, the biggest boat that and came with a thir- three ninety and a four speed and was insane with, with the drum brakes. You could make that thing go. Oh yeah, and stop actually, which is really novel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I saw this morning a 64 Biscayne with a 409 original paint on Craigslist with like the herringbone upholstery, Ooh. heater delete, radio delete, and it was pretty cheap. I'm like, hmm. Your sportsman's car. <laughs> this guy can give you the fever. Talking to him, I, I'm getting Zuck the fever. never go to that shop. It, I'm not. It is so told- intoxicating. It's Aside from it being so beautiful and clean and all of the old cars outside and the beautiful things inside, these beautiful big open bays. I remember walking in, Frank Sinatra was playing over the loudspeakers. Yeah. It's just like, what? Oh, you're fucked. What you is move in there. Place? You're, you're it's fucked like, if you go there. It's heaven. I, wa- I wanted to work there. We grew since you were last there, too. Uh, fortunately, we trained and hired a bunch of new dudes and uh, more square footage. So we're at like 78,000 square and Holy 50 wow. plus right now. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's really so. You got to check it out. feet is a real Suck, you got to go. You got to go. We just started. You got to check it out. Not well, going. Not going. Let's talk watches like- because we don't have a lot of time here, and I wanted to segue into the watches. Okay. 
What you're building your own watches now. Yeah. You're also a collector, right? Yeah. I think uh, I remember catching up with your watch thing when I saw you post a Bulova. This beautiful, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what? which I wore today in your honor. Oh, there it I is! You love it. Look I can't at believe that! You haven't picked one of these up. Oh my god, my that is so is great! Beautiful. Look at how pretty that watch is. And what's cool, like off the beaten path, I can't afford your Rolex taste. So oh, I look for the oh, funkier, right, more <laughs> interesting seventy-eight thousand square. Yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> why I can't <laughs> yeah, afford it. Monthly rent How is could only I buy this? Six figures of rent per month, which goes right back to why I cannot afford his watch collection. <laughs> it's like when Matt Farrer pleads so, comedy. Let me see that thing. It's gorgeous. Again, it like, odd. just a design geek. And, like, let's see, when I was eight, the first two things I found myself sketching up were cars and watches. Cars organically grew out of a hobby. Now I guess same thing's happening with my watch obsession. So one of my all-time favorite designs so I saw on a car that I looked at and said, oh, my goodness, that'd be a killer watch – was the like the first two hundred and fifty some Studebakers? Uh, I'm, no, no, I'm sorry, Duesenbergs had the most marvelous tacks and speedos. They called mm-hmm. them the drum style. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they're ridiculously unreliable, but they're super cool. So then, other details like the body hardware, the radiator cap on the early. So my first watch effort, which I designed myself a hundred percent down to the strap. Um, I'm having it made in Switzerland by one of the legend houses, but wow. it's called the Doozy, and it's inspired by those early yeah. Duesenbergs. And, <clears throat> and that's what it lo- <clears throat> excuse me, that's what it looks like. Boy, it's really unconventional. It looks like wow. an instrument. Yeah, it really it does like look like a car from there. the 20s or 30s. It's yeah. beautiful. So back then, watches also the direct read or digital. Uh, or how jump hour designs existed back then and then kind of But how does that happen? So you come up with a watch design. Who do you call and go, hey, let's make this? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's such I, I a mean, are you, are you sketching out the interior and the movement and everything else? I mean, how, so do, how, does, how does that work? I went from sketches straight into Fusion 360 CAD with our friends at Autodesk. Kindly sent me a tutor for about a year once a week. Right. And instead of doing automotive projects on it, because I have engineers who are rock stars at that, I'm like, hmm, good opportunity to get this stupid watch idea out of my head and, and start going for it. Right. So I did all the CAD modeling and design and nothing. What does CAD modeling mean? I, so I don't even three, know what you're 3D saying. 3D computer-aided design. I see. So I'm, okay. doing, I'm building out all this. I went straight from sketches into realized 3D because then I 3D printed at the shop and get a feel for the size and tolerance. But, at what, but do you know what I'm saying? Do, what, what, do you really know stupid. how a movement works on a watch? No. And, and again, do I want to – hemorrhage money and build a right. one-off movement that no one can get serviced anywhere on the planet? No. So we all so, – I, I mean I think we all think in our heads we could design a dial. We could make right. it look so like a watch. Dial, so dial, crown, right, case, okay. all the chamfers and all that. But I, I worked with uh, – Chamfers. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what a chamfer is. Chamfer. <laughs> her chamfers. Jeez. Make it sound really perverted. It was next to her plenum. A plenum and her chamfers <laughs> with throbbing. Um, no, I, I, I stuck with a uh, Dupree Dupra complication, so an existing Swiss movement. And then I flew back and forth to Switzerland to the Basel <laughs> show and stuff, literally knocking on doors and meeting yeah. companies large and small. Wow. And none of them wanted to work with me. And peddling your design. Yeah, well, saying, look, I, this is my idea. I want to do this. I, I want to do this. And they're like, um, the minimum skew is 500 units. I'm like, well, that's stupid. That's a broken model in today's watch world. Right. I only want to do 50. And the, literally all of them told me to piss off. Right. Then I got totally lucky. Like last meeting with the company I realized was the best. 
the guy's like, yeah, no, man, sorry. You know, we're done. And the CEO of the company is like just doing his sort of meet and greet, shake hands of all us people in meetings with his execs. He comes through. We swap cards. He gets halfway out the door. He turns around. And he goes, I know you. I know Icon. My friend in Moscow, he has one of your trucks. He loves it. It's wonderful. I didn't know you did watches. And I'm like, well, I don't, but I'm trying to. And everyone's telling me to piss off. He goes, no, 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 no. Love your brand. We'll make this work. Let's do it. So make this work means they charge me double what they would have charged everybody else. <laughs> but at least you can do it. But at least I can do 50, right? So my launch model, 50 units. We're pre-selling them now. We've sold just over half of them. And they are ready for delivery in the first couple weeks of April. And I'm stupid excited. And and where do we order this watch if we it's want? It's on it? my website or iconwatchcompany.com. Well, that's insane. So I I mean learning lots of things that you can go to a watch company and pay them to make they're just guys out there. Like yeah. if we wanted to it's design a whole like hidden network cuz all these brands that have the two-page, three-page glossy right. ads with the dude in the lab coat with the lube talking about their history of craftsmanship. Yes. 90% of them are completely full of shit. Really? And they're calling companies like the one I partnered with, to actually do the work right. for Right. So, so it's like Luxottica in Italy. They make all the sunglasses for the world, right? And everybody just stamps their brand right. on it and charges but whatever they want to charge. But isn't Luxottica like in, in Asia, which is worse yet, too. Like nowadays for a Swiss watch, you can get the exact same quality out of Asia now. Like no really? compromise. Because in reality, a high percentage of Swiss watches and even some brands you'd be surprised have – football field long factories in mm -hmm. Asia. But the Swiss government and industry have manipulated so Swiss made obviously as panache, but it's a crock. It's BS. I'm, I'm sure a percentage of my watch <clears throat> was not made there. Right, but if I went right. to the market and said, hey, look, that's all BS and judge my quality, no one wants to hear that. No right, to right. They want to see Swiss made on the dial, which really bugged me because it's too big, so I put Swiss made on the back. <laughs> How wow. dare I? And then what happens? Now we've made a watch. We've made a truck. So are we going uh, to make uh, Eames chairs or something? Uh, like boat, four by four yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've, I've designed some uh, seating, actually. You have? Yeah. I'll bet you have. Seating. My, uh, Not a chair. Seating. But, but I can't figure out how to make it cost effectively or remotely, so they're just in my <laughs> office. But um, same with my leather craft hobby. I'm starting now to kind of go. What about liquor? Are you going to sell liquor? You seem like you might have a no, bourbon brand of some kind. I'm a scotch man. Oh, scotch. Definitely there a you scotch go. guy. But no, I think the problem with that is I could end up wealthy from it. So <laughs> it just doesn't seem to fit my MO. These guys, man, it's crazy. Who was the actor who just did that and flipped his tequila? Uh, Randy oh, Gerber yeah. and, and George and Clooney. 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 Yeah. A billion dollars. Yes. That is Another nuts. billion dollars. Look, at the end of the day, I just want to keep living the dream that allows me to be passionate about what I do, justify all my travel and perversions and design and things I dig, <laughs> and create stuff Sex I toys. love. So if that means I can explore other avenues of industrial design and get in – I want to keep doing watches, but if I could get into all sorts of vintage stuff mm -hmm. revisited for modern use, like I'm just full of stupid ideas. I just need to – I have no funding, no investors. <laughs> just, we're independent. So I'm just on the treadmill running as fast as I can. Hopefully I don't trip and keep coming up with stuff that I love that hopefully other people love enough to buy. Yeah. 
Well, I've driven your stuff. It's amazing stuff. Even the uh, you lent us an FJ for Car Matchmaker that I hopped into. Oh, a stalker, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was so sorted. It was so together. We were we had it up against an old Series Two uh, A uh, Range Rover right hand drive. We had to and, Rovers. Yeah, and and one of those. Um, God, what was it? It was uh, this Patrol? Russian. Uh, no, no, it wasn't <laughs> Russian. It was a Mercedes military vehicle. Those and this a proper G, an early G. yeah, an early early one that came out of Czechoslovakia or something. And there's Pinsgauer a shop in or something. Pinsgauer style. Wasn't that. I know yeah. it's a mouthful. <laughs> it just had a little four cylinder diesel in it. It just was not strong. And we, we did a series of those for Red Bull many years ago. Yeah. And they're so funny because they're such nationalists, right? And they're like, yeah, it could come in and show up at the, the festival. And we want the back to open like a lunchbox and the music <laughs> booming, booming. And the cooler is full of product. And we hand it out. I'm like, uh, guys, not going to work. Like these things will climb a wall at two miles an hour. But right. if you think you're like going to put uh, a young intern in it and send him across country – with like an extra two tons of product in the back, like not going to fly. Yeah. And they're like, no, we know it's great. It's Austrian. And we know all the right people for the upgrade. Like, okay. <laughs> sure enough, when it was done, it was a complete disaster. They barely would move. What they ended up doing was building custom 18-wheeler low boys. <laughs> to tow it. They would to tow, tow it like up to like a quarter mile away from the event. That's so sad. Another dash dream in the car world. And what do you drive, Jonathan Ward? What are you in every day? I'm a total schizophrenic. Oh. So, right. so give us I, your top three. I'm usually test driving the latest to make sure we chase all the rattles. Like today I drove one of our Bronco number 56, I think it is. But I have a 993 twin turbo. Yeah. Dead stock. I have a what my kids call my old queen car, uh, a, a '95 uh, Bentley Continental Molnar Coupe, the we last of the honest, too. handmade, we worthless like car. That. They're worth like twenty grand. I love that car. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful though, because like if it sees the ten freeway, it just goes east to Palm Springs, <laughs> and you lose all control. <laughs> anyway, and then '52 uh, DeSoto station wagon, derelict, first one we built. '73 1800 ES wagon, Volvo. Wow. Um, and if we're staying in a 2002 roundy BMW, oh, so which, they, which car do the kids like the best? <clears throat> the roundy. My kids are, in fact, my 15 year old, I found him a decent project TII and he's just going off on it uh, all day. Like he Ubers from school to the shop, begs me to stay late and he's tinkering and dialing. Isn't that cool? Wow. There, there you go. You, man. There yeah, you go. Fantastic. And the irony, all my cars, except for my derelict are dead stock. Yeah. Yeah. Funny? But you're, I like that you're driving the stuff that you're building because that's, that's the only way to get them right. Do oh, you totally. subscribe oh, to the, no. the 110, yeah. 100, 1,000 rule of we just – We put like 600 miles on every production unit. And if it's a one-off, we'll put 1,200 to 2,500. This is all we do. We, we, we always buy cars that we end up having to sort ourselves. In fact, you know, I, I think every car I bought for the last 25 years, I've gone through this two to three month sorting yeah, round sucks. with them. And yeah. I hear those stories from my clients buying from worldly celebrity yeah. builders. And they yep. get there and they're yeah. just a mess. Yep. Yep. Which, you know, you know, shit happens. They're complicated mechanical beasts. But to me, 
that has such a negative impact on the experience and the brand impression that we do everything we can to sort we've every just, last stupid rattle before it gets there. Right, we've right. just it come sucks. to expect that. We, that's just the expe- <laughs> we expect, and we should. <laughs> no, we've think. come to expect. Oh, you kind of disappoint We come to expect that we're going to do the last seven percent, the niggles. And yeah. you know what's crazy though? That last seven percent for us can kill us time wise. Right, can hemorrhage, well, sure. hemorrhage yeah. money and yep. hours. Well, but it's yeah, the most important. That's what's happening with that's us right now. That's where all of the enjoyment is in that last seven percent. It's the difference. Oh, for you, not for us to sort it out. Yeah. It sucks. It's very right. frustrating. But for us, it's, yeah, it's that last seven percent is the difference of being irritated or being yeah. blown away. Totally, yeah. I agree. Well, we've got the eighty-seven, the silver car sorted. You drove it, right? What? You, uh, it's great, okay. right? The little door to the to the cassette. Makes a little noise. A little. Uh, what do you tick, mean? Tick, 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 tick. It rattles. A little spring on the. Yeah, a little spring. It actually, and I'm not, doesn't bother me. You're going to start with a complaint about how sorted that car that, that's is. That's how little, that's how minimal my complaints are. I know how to fix that. Yeah. So you go to like Aaron Brothers or whatever. So you get those little tiny little like nipples of urethane that right. like, if you're going to hang oh, right. uh, a picture yes. and you put them on the back to keep from marring Ooh, your walls. There you go. Get the tiniest of those you can and install it between the back plane of the face and where the swing the door touches. Yes. It, but that's how that's how small how the problems are. What are you talking about? Don't be disappointed what I'm saying. We just bought an 87 it's the most 911 fantastic together. Drive. Oh. told you already it's the best 911 I, we own. Well, Obviously, it's uh, for the listeners. It's not I for me. You. I know, but the way you say <laughs> I'm bringing it up now because I wanted your face, the disapproving look that I said something about the, the, the cassette, cassette door. Yeah, because you're you're skipping past the, the headline. I want I, I want the listeners fan- to go on Spike, the journey with us. It's fantastic. And everything that we did was right. Everything in particular. Those you'd got that last two or three percent with the stereo, with the speaker. Do you feel the warped wheels? What everybody no, wants. No, I know. do not feel the warped wheel <laughs> whatsoever. And I drove it in excess of a hundred miles an hour. You on, did on PCH the other night, and I was flying. That thing was gliding. It was so light. It was so nimble. It was so perfect. I was it, it remapped and rewired my brain. All right. Well, I, this weekend I want you to drive the Leaf T. It just came back. It, it it has this, you know, maybe I should give it to you, Jonathan. It's got this thunk I'm sorry, in it. You want to give me a Leaf? A Leaf Green 911T. Oh, I thought you were talking about a Nissan Leaf. And I was like, dude, no. I thought you understood That me. would be cool. <laughs> but there's a sound in it. This is shaping up to be one of those horrible situations where there's a sound and we can't figure out what the Undiagnosis. hell it is. Oh, I'm in the middle of that right now. It's killing me. It's bad. We have a it's FJ bad. 44 that's a month late for delivery because there's this deep thud. Oh. So now I have all these trick tools and earphone okay. systems. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And 10 okay. GoPros on it. Okay. So I Jonathan, can, find it. can I bring you cars that have noises? Do you <laughs> oh, have a God, noise no. to Do I look like I need more abuse? Oh, well, this is what I <laughs> want. I, I need, I need, we'll set up a special. <laughs> And I'll invest a specialized <laughs> noise department. Wait, I want I want to hear. I we don't have time. I have to go. But I GoPros and microphones in oh, different there's areas. This and does it thing work? Called like the Sonic Ear, some cheesy tool I've had forever. It's phenomenal. It works. And, and oh it, yeah, a little grease board, little little like Pelican case. Right. I've got six mics you can deploy anywhere in the car. Then you write on the grease board what each mic, what's what location, yeah. rear axle, front axle, and it's got a little switch. 
And then I'll put GoPros up corresponding with those. And oh, that's killer. Although and you, it's not working. And at you the moment, find I can't most fix this damn rattle. And you find most of the rattles. Oh yeah. By doing that. Yeah. Oh my god. So you will do this. I'll loan you guys the tool. No 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 no, no 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 no. No don't say no to that. I need that right I'm now because doing, I, no, I, I want this. I want to give him the car and let him use his tool. Uh no. <laughs> oh, come on, man. He said that like Klaus Zelmer yeah. from Porsche when I asked him for another GT2 RS allocation on stage in front of 400 people at the Peterson. He went, no. no. Anyway, we are out of time. Jonathan, a uh, real treat to see you again and to Thanks have you here. Thanks for um, having me here. Nice everybody, you got to go check out his website. Order his watch. There are only a couple left. Zuckerman, you'll find where? The real Zuckerman. And uh, what is the name of your firm? Carpenter Zuckerman and Rowley. And I have to thank you. I got my first case that came in from a listener. Unbelievable. Yesterday. Like you needed it, by the way. Like Making money it. hand over but fist. But it was, I couldn't believe it. So Could, I was blown away. But Zuckerman wins, wins, wins. And uh, you can find me on at uh, Spike First and everywhere pretty much. But I like Instagram the most, so find me there. Uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, we'll all see you next week on Goodbye. Spike Star Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.